0: Welcome, everybody, to The Extra Credit Show. I am Anselmo Moreno. I'm Richard David. And we are back again with another podcast this week to help everybody manage their credit score and get that extra credit that you guys deserve. Good morning, Richard. How are you?
1: Well, just living
0: life today. Living life. Um, we are very excited to bring this topic to the forefront because it's one, you know, we've spent, I mean, it's, it's our, like, 43rd show, which is really cool. And we've spent the last 43 episodes talking to you guys about credit scores and credit reports and credit history and really you know it's supposed to empower you guys to take control of your credit scores own it and understand what you're doing and why you're doing it and so over the over the years of our credit repair practice we've also learned that there's things that people do after credit repair right Mm -hmm. it's not an it's it's in like say a six-month process you go through the credit repair process you get your your credit score back in order and then what right it doesn't end there um it continues there and oftentimes because we've been doing it for 13 plus years we get to see some of our clients come back for whatever reason you know we run into them or they just call us for some advice so we're able to see what happens a year two years three four five six seven eight years Uh, after after credit repair right and then so so we've learned a few things along the way from there too so the the, to this week's episode we're just really going to talk about life after credit repair what do you do to manage your credit score after you're done with the credit repair process are you ever really done with the credit repair process and how do you maintain and continue to get that credit score to go up as you continue on with
1: your life And, and that's a good point you know as you stated we've been doing this for so long that sometimes when when we are done with a file uh, generally a consumer will come to us and you know they're they're coming for goal-oriented uh, reasons like i want to buy a house well we end up cleaning their credit history and the client doesn't really know what to do afterwards um, we give them advice but they just simply don't exercise it properly for example some consumers will have such a clean history that the only thing left on their credit report are like Two minor credit cards, like yeah. a, like a JCPenney or a Macy's or something, and $300 each. Um, and although technically it's a 100% positive credit report, it's not enough. You really need to do more than that. Uh, not only do you need to do more than that, but you need to be able to maintain what you already have. And one of the. Well, I think that people
0: that go through the credit repair process, which could be. Uh, after bankruptcy, uh, maybe no bankruptcy involved, they just went through the credit repair process, um, may consider their bad credit situation somewhat of a traumatic event, mm. like especially after bankruptcy where mm. they go, I mean, hey, I never, I don't ever want another credit card, right? That's you know, They, they common. go through this traumatic event where I messed up with the credit cards and I don't want another one ever again. And, I mean it's understandable yes that type of logic is understandable but then we say well you have to rebuild credit so that means you need to get these credit cards and then a brick wall goes up so we have to overcome that by saying okay if you want to play the game you know you you got to open up some credit cards or you can exit the credit system entirely which is fine you just have to save up to buy a house you may have to save up to buy a car and then that gets them to change their their tone a little bit because they realize like okay if i if i do want to buy a house buy a car and i don't want to wait until i save up for it um then i guess i better play the game yeah i mean that's how that i i can definitely see that logic and after the credit repair process because look guys we are done with the credit repair process when we have removed or addressed the negative items that are addressable so for or remove the negative items that are removable so it doesn't mean that we will remove every negative item on the report mm. no credit repair company can do that but we are able to determine which items are removable for whatever reason we determine they're removable go after them get them removed and then clean it up as much as possible uh-huh. i think that the you know, as we've discussed before, the monthly model that is out there where they pay a hundred dollars a month and they continue to dispute things is just not good practice because you can pay them for two years and they can continue to dispute the same things and then they won't come off after a certain point where the dispute process hits its shelf life and you got to be done with it so
1: well and, and just to backtrack on that it's not that the monthly model is bad it's just that it does have a shelf life you you don't you definitely do not want to pay a company for two years but i mean you know if you pay a company for a couple of months while they're actually working on what's workable that should be fine
0: yeah absolutely and you know that time can vary too obviously depending on how many accounts you have and the, mm. the situations behind those accounts but you know, regardless, let's just say you've determined that you are done after six months, you're mm-hmm. done with the credit repair company, your credit has gone up, you, you know, you're, you're happy with the improvement. Now what?
1: Okay, you know? well, and, and as we you stated before, and I'll reiterate it, okay, if you want a good credit score, the most basic thing that you need is you need to have credit. So just because you're scared of obtaining new credit cards because of that traumatic event doesn't mean you do not need to get them. Now, with that being said, um, don't go overboard. You know, just because your credit is fine now doesn't mean that you need to go and get yourself 20 credit cards. That's also the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. Um, Just maintain a few, you know. if If you get to four, maybe even five, stop there. But the key is not just to get them, but to work them. Um, Make sure that you're active with them because if you're not active with them, they will shut down. The creditor will shut off a card that's uh, due to inactivity. Uh, And make sure that your balances are low. Remember, debt utilization is a huge part of your credit score.
0: I I want to extrapolate a lot on this because this is... um, If you're out there and you're rebuilding your credit or you're managing your credit, you're just living life with good credit, there's a lot of misunderstandings as to what you just said which is managing these working these credit cards right Mm -hmm. so consumers generally the sentiment and and i you know um is just very basic which is you have to use your credit cards like that's the that's the general sentiment and it, it goes even further where there's this ideology that you have to carry a balance on the credit card. Yeah, too, that's that's wrong. Where it's <laughs> like, and some people say, you know, you got to keep them at 50%. Mm. We've talked about this on the show as well. But Many times. This, this ideology of keeping them at 50, 30, 40, whatever percent you want to throw out there. Or the same ideology that you have to use them all the time. I think is definitely incorrect. It is. Um, so, you know, going back to life after credit repair or, or just, you know, maintaining your credit, you're right. I mean, I feel in our professional opinion that a consumer should have three, four, open active accounts in good standing. Yes. Maybe five is cool too. I think that that's a minimum, Mm -hmm. right? So if you just, if you want to have a good credit score and you want your credit score to continue to go up, you want to maintain three, four, five accounts. So what's a typical scenario where someone is managing that? Maybe they have a car loan. Yep. Maybe they have a home loan. Yep. So that's two. Maybe they have one credit card, Mm -hmm. right? So that's three. And maybe they have student loans. That's four. There you go. Right? So that would be your typical, uh, basic credit uh, good credit situation where you're you have the you have all the ingredients that are necessary to obtain a very high credit score you don't need to go opening up 10 new credit cards to try to chase that 800 (laughs) that perfect 850 it it doesn't work that way you know the just a basic mix of one of three to four accounts uh is fine now with that being said you know we do want to express that that's really a minimum you know like there's really, um, you, I mean, technically you could have, you said don't go out and get 20 credit cards. But, That's true. But technically, what, what if you have 20 credit cards? Would that limit you from having a great credit score?
1: No. Um, if you If you are able to maintain 20 credit cards and you want to obtain 20 credit cards, then by all means do so. But keep in mind that the more that you have to deal with, the higher likelihood of you defaulting on one in case you forget.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, that, that that is a very real possibility.
1: And it's also a, a real possibility that you may at one point overwhelm yourself with debt if you start spending a lot of money on every single credit card, which is exactly what you're attempting to avoid.
0: Right. And so for someone coming from a traumatic event where they want to not deal with credit cards anymore, that's probably...
1: The last uh, thing you want uh, to do. Yeah, mean,
0: that's not that they will... You, they're not at risk for going up and opening 20 credit cards. But for someone who's never had bad credit and never had to go through what it's like to have bad credit, um, they they will open up new credit cards at every store that they go to. And that can technically be a mistake. But, you know, some people are super hyper-disciplined where they will pay off whatever they, they use. Mm-hmm. So 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 technically, it's okay to open up 20 credit cards as long as you are disciplined enough to not carry balances, which I really think... Is the problem with credit scores in in america in 2018 It's just credit card balances so yeah if you have 20 you're at likelihood that you're gonna overspend um because i can't for the life of me think why you would need 20 credit cards so but i mean it just it just kind of happens especially if you're not an extra credit show listener right (laughs) so definitely um it's about managing the minimum that you can manage, and maybe that's 10 for you, maybe that's seven for you, but at the very least, it should be three, four, five. You know, somewhere around there is the sweet spot, I think, where it's easy to manage, you don't get yourself into trouble, and it's enough to continue to build your credit history. Because ultimately, about building your credit history, is just really how long has it been since you've last made a late payment. So as long as you have open active accounts that are reporting every month that you're making those payments and you're not paying late, your credit score will technically continue to go up. And so that's really the whole point of it is continue to, when you say continue to work your credit history, you're saying, you know, continue to pay your bills on time, continue to have open active credit. It doesn't necessarily mean, or it absolutely does not mean charge up your credit cards every month and pay them no. off every month either. Like that's not it.
1: Not um, at all. Um. You do want to make sure that you do using sparingly, at least though. I mean, you're not you're not going to go spend every month uh, just to maintain them active. But if you leave like a card that. alone, if you leave a card alone for twelve months, there's a there's a chance that the creditor will shut you off.
0: I, I think that's where the I think that's where the the myth comes from. Mm-hmm. So so you know, if you're listening right now, you're probably thinking, yes, I have heard that I got to use my credit card every month to show activity or you've heard i gotta keep my balances at 30 percent or whatever percent but you've heard that you got to use your cards every month to show activity or carry a balance every month to show activity or keep them at a certain percentage which is absolutely not true but what you just said is true and so let's break that down a little bit okay technically speaking if you have a card with capital One. Mm-hmm. And you listen to us and we said, you don't have to carry a balance every month. You're going to go, great. I'm going to put that away and not use it. Well, if you don't use that for a year or more, Capital One is very likely going to just close the account out.
1: Exactly. Right?
0: And there's no there's no set time. So some banks might do it after a year. Some banks might do it after six months. Some banks might do it after three years. Like it's all policies set internally within banks. So, so we really mm-hmm. don't know. But the point of it is, is if you do go a long time without using it, they can sh- close the car- account out and closing an account out can potentially have an effect on your credit score if it offset your debt utilization ratio. That right? is correct. So, you know, th- those are things that can, are very real and they can happen. But if you if you are right now, you've been listening to the show the whole time and you've moved your credit score up to higher than what it was before you started listening, uh, we think that that's great, but ultimately, um, you want to continue to to continue to make it go up, and the way that you're going to do that is not by you don't have to carry a balance. Mm-mm. You know, you you can you can use your credit card, pay it off, maybe not use it for a couple of months, then fill up a tank of gas, pay it off, and then not use it for a couple of months. All of that is fine. You know, I think the people we've said this many times on the show, the consumers with the highest credit scores have zero credit card balances. They have credit cards, they just don't owe any money on them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's like what we've learned and what we've seen the most. Like you want to improve your credit score quickly, pay off your credit card balances. Mm. That's like the recurring theme.
1: And I know we've been uh, harping on credit cards, but it, there's a reason for it. Because ultimately, not only are you trying to build your debt utilization ratio, but you are trying to create new positive history for the long term. And unlike most accounts, almost every other account out there, The credit card is the only account that can stay open indefinitely, making your history uh, extremely large over time. Um, You know, you can always go get personal loans or little, little loans here and there, you know, maybe jewelry accounts or whatever the case may be. But once you pay them off, the account will close out and even positive accounts after 10 years will fall off your credit report, which will shorten your history. And so to maintain credit over the long term, after you've you fixed your credit you want to make sure that you get an account that you can keep open for as long as possible
0: yeah that's a good point you know let's let's think back in our in our memory banks and think about you know some of the the highest credit scores that we've seen over the years and what are the common denominators that these high credit scores had right and we're talking we're not talking 700 we're talking 800. yes so you know i think that right off the top of my head if i was to say 25 year old credit cards an 800 credit score has a very old credit card of some sort yes. very likely like the more common credit cards that they've had open for that long is going to be like a very old american express yep or a very old jc those yes. are the first two accounts that come to mind
1: <laughs> um, that's what we see all the time it's funny that you mentioned those because you're right that's what i see almost every single time yeah. an amex from the 80s yep. or a JCPenney from like the early 90s yeah uh, and
0: and they're still open and yeah. you know obviously they have a perfect payment history never been late and very low balance very high limit or maybe no balance mm. um so those are now we're not saying you gotta have an amix from the 80s to have an 800 credit score but the point is that you gotta have an account that's been open for a very long time J. very C. likely Penny. 20 years plus
1: we expect some advertising dollars yeah. jc penney <laughs> yeah amix
0: <laughs> so but then you know the other like the other point too is they they probably oh i would say if i was to Guess a number. I would say less than ten percent on the credit card. Oh,
1: absolutely! But probably
0: zero. Yes, but th- no more than ten. You know, because you you will not have an eight hundred credit score if you have a credit card that's at fifty percent. Never. Like that's a seven hundred score, mm-hmm. but an eight hundred score is zero. Like they owe ten percent or less. Very likely zero. And mm-hmm. these consumers with an eight hundred credit score, they've had a credit history for twenty years plus. They have credit lines that they have access to but they don't technically use them and if they do use them they pay them off right away so they never even hit the report that they had a balance and they maintained this very high score they're but known would, as transactors yeah but i would i would classify an 800 credit score consumer as someone that has credit does not does not need it and does and uses it extremely sparingly um, you know that's the consumer that i would classify as an 800 credit score but really there's things that you guys cannot do right now to get there because a lot of the, if you're, if you're building your credit history, you, we, I mean, obviously we don't have a time machine. So because we don't have a time machine, we can't go back in time, open you up an account from the nineties and we can't go to the future and accelerate this credit history building. Like that's how you get to an 800 credit score. It's just a very old history. Now explain to me how we've seen a 25 year old with an 800 credit score.
1: Well, a legit 800 credit
0: score? No. Well, it is legit, <laughs> but you know, how's that how does that happen?
1: A, a lot of times it happens because a 25-year-old will be added onto cards that their parents may have had for 20 plus years or whatever the time that is. same denominator. That he same has denominator. an
0: account that's from the 80s or the mm. early 90s on his report that mm. belongs to mom, maybe grandma. You know, mm-hmm. dad, grandpa, whatever, and so again, it's technically possible, and and we've talked about the authorized user mm-hmm. tactic that works like a charm. It's mm-hmm. called piggybacking authorized mm-hmm. user, and you know, if if this is the first time you've heard about it, it's basically you get someone in your immediate family to, and it happens all the time where they add you on as an authorized user on their most seasoned trade line, which would be a very old account. It doesn't have to be a pennies, doesn't have mm-hmm. to be Amex, just any account that is very old or has a lengthy history um that ultimately uh would would increase your credit history and so that would also help a consumer hit a very high credit score very quickly um and so so yeah i mean that is those are just you know life after credit repair what do you do after you're done with your credit how do you continue to maintain it that's where the people kind of Make mistakes as they they close accounts out. They carry high balances. Uh, those are all mistakes for sure.
1: And, and you know another another side benefit to opening up and establishing credit cards and working them is that you're gonna do what you didn't do the first time, and that is discipline yourself on how to maintain a credit card. Um, obviously, you got in trouble the first time, and that's why you got you reached the point that you were where you were needing assistance. But once the credit repair is done. To way to prevent that is to ensure that you do not make the same mistakes and discipline by opening and maintaining a few credit cards is going to help you a long way
0: you know uh that that brings some thoughts to me because we we talk to a lot of consumers mm-hmm. and they they said my credit is bad and i need help mm-hmm. and i mean the first question out of your mouth when you get somebody like that i mean i cannot i can hear it as you say are you financially stable mm-hmm. like that's like your first question that you ask consumers when they ask you for help and that's a you know I, p- people don't talk about that but that's like probably the first basic layer of credit repair is are you financially stable because if you're not then you are prone to overspending on these credit cards to meet make ends meet right? exactly like things happen life happens You can get laid off you have to use the credit cards to make ends meet and at that point you are you are not financially stable and credit repair can't work for you because you are kind of going through it it's it's after you've gone through the the incident the job loss the layoff after the divorce that you're kind of stable financially where you're able to make ends meet without the use of credit and you Mm -hmm. guys have to be very mindful of that and and not put yourself in a position where you will use up all your credit cards if something happens. You know, you got to be prepared for it. And there's always this connection between, um, you know, fi- being a financial guru and teaching people how to manage their money and how to manage these budgets and then being somebody that just helps people manage their credit scores. They're inherently related. Um, and so, you, you know, you get advice from from people like Susie Orman or Dave Ramsey and they, they help people and they coach people how to manage their money and how to, how to live a, a life of discipline, uh, but th- th- they are connected. And I, and I feel that you got to have one down before the other. Like people that have an 800 credit score are great money managers. They understand budgeting. They understand managing their money, but more importantly, they're disciplined. They don't overspend. They don't take their credit cards as extra income. Um, my friend calls it supplemental income. <laughs> you know, they're not <laughs> supplemental income guys. Like they're... they're <laughs> You, you ask anybody that's gone through a really bad credit repair situation and, they, you know, they are—they will not even stop short of calling credit cards the devil. <laughs> but you need them if you want a high score. Uh, or they can also be the death of
1: you and give you a very low score. So us, us uh, promoting credit cards, would that make us devil's advocates? Maybe. You know, they... It's it's just it's
0: part of the game, and it's like if you want a good score, you gotta have credit cards, you gotta use them, but you gotta be disciplined enough not to get into debt. It's it's a fine balancing act. How do you do it?
1: Learn how to make deals with the devil. <laughs> you know, it's it's. I'm sorry, I, I'll quit.
0: When you say how do you do it, I say you know. Besides making a deal with the devil, what what do you want to do? You want to be able to be financially stable, so Absolutely. you don't have to do that.
1: Absolutely, and you're right. I, it's funny, I. I glad that you pay attention because that is exactly what I ask everybody, you know, are you financially stable? The last thing I want to do is put you through something that's not going to function for you, or that's just going to waste your time and your money. I'd rather you uh, make sure that you get yourself right first, and then maybe we can work on restoring that credit so you can get to the score that you need.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so So there's that. Then there's a couple of other situations that arise as we talk to our clients, you know, a year later, five years later, whatever. It's all happened. We have clients that we've known for 13 years now. And um, obviously, they haven't been clients the whole time. But they'll reach out to us from time to time because life happens, right? Um, And so recently, or one of the more common things that happens are... They get a new collection. Mm-hmm. They switch from one cell phone provider to another. They thought something was going to happen between them. One cell phone provider was supposed to buy out the contract. They get a new medical collection. You know, they move, so they get a utility bill that they didn't close out correctly. Here, so they get this small collection.
1: Here's my favorite one. I had such good credit that, you know, I co-signed for one of my family members. Yeah, that, uh. one,
0: that one's always fun. Um, so, you know, these they, they get involved in these situations. And I, and I always feel like, okay, guys, like, like definitely after the credit repair process, you want to be extremely protective of your credit. Mm-hmm. Like, don't lend it out. That number is your one. child. Um, number two is you want to you wanna be ahead of it. If you know that you went to the hospital or you had a child that went to go visit the hospital, you need to be on top of it. Like, you need to make sure that the insurances were built correctly. Everybody got paid because they won't try very hard to tell you that they're going to send you to collections next thing you know you end up in collections or if you do some transaction switching cell phone companies make sure that the cell phone company you left is completely paid off because they will also send you to collections so you just kind of want to be like ahead of it like you want to see it coming uh, because you want to be fiercely protective of your credit report you know if you move and you 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 feel like you shut off the the utilities water electricity gas whatever you want to like double triple check that you don't owe them any money because most of the time they'll send you your final closing bill to the address you just moved out of obviously you don't live there no more you never get the bill and then you get a fancy notification that hey you have a collection and it's tanked your score
1: which reminds me notify your creditors once you move notify them immediately if you have if you're doing any business with them even if you're about to close out business with them give them your new address because you don't want that surprise yeah. trust, trust me once it hits collections it's not easy to get it off especially if it's with a collector who refuses to, to take it off the credit report for whatever reason.
0: Uh, telling the United States Postal Services to forward your address, you know, that does not, that's not good enough. No. It doesn't work. No, it's so not. So you definitely want to be in front of it and ahead of it. Um, and th- th- this whole life after credit repair, I mean, the goal is let's just get your score credit repair we can get you to a 650 credit score and credit repair technically can end right there mm-hmm. so how do you go from a 650 to 800 well time right you got to continue to build credit over time you got to protect your credit from new negatives showing up and you got to pay your bills on time like gotta, you just got to pay your bills on time
1: man <laughs> such sound advice i mean it's, it's as simple as that really
0: it's really that simple pay now, your bills on time the execution is is can be tough for some people but if you know what you're doing and you understand like okay I went to the hospital. I may have some bills. Let me be in front of it. You know, I, you know, it's like if you see it coming because you've lived through it. I think that's how you can prevent it from happening. I, I had a conversation with a client just yesterday. Now she checked in with me on some questions, and I I looked at her report, and I was like, "Wow, oh, you're doing great," but you have twenty credit cards, and she's like, "Yeah, I learned from the best," and I was like, "Um, I don't know if twenty credit cards was what I wanted to communicate to you, but okay," and then I said why do these have three dollar balances like there was like four cards that had three dollar balance i just thought it was strange like why would these have three dollar balances and she said oh they're just a monthly fee and i was like okay you need to close those accounts out. you know you need to definitely close those accounts out you don't need to maintain them anymore um and she was just like well won't that hurt my score and i was like okay let's let's talk about it Mm. no it won't. Um, obviously, you, you know, it's it's very complicated. But in this situation, she had 20 credit cards, all of her utilization was very low, and she doesn't need to be paying three bucks a month now for those accounts. Those were the same accounts I told her to open seven years ago when we were rebuilding her credit. And wow. they were, there were the only accounts she could open at the time because her credit was poor, right? So she, we had to start with the little... Well, not little. They were expensive credit cards that had monthly fees and a startup deposit and you know, and she's like, "Well, I don't want to close them. They're my they're my, you know, they're well, this- my original accounts." And I was like, "No, nah, I think you'll be okay now. I think you're you've done you've done fine with these. You have 20 other cards to to get you by. You don't need these four. You don't need to be paying these monthly fees. That's like the main benefit of having good credit is you don't got to pay for credit. If you have good credit, you have to you pay either zero for credit or very, very little. So, yeah, that happened yesterday.
1: Man, uh, in my in my case, yesterday I had a client who I, I fixed her daughter and her son in law's credit many many years ago. But um, she recently came to me, and I squeaky clean fixed her credit, not a single derogatory. But she still got denied for credit because she had almost next to no credit still, and so they essentially, essentially, she didn't do the proper credit reestablishment you know she went from only having one credit card to trying to get herself a thirty thousand dollar car that they were like no not not quite yet and this is why you know one of the reasons why we're having this show is so that you can start establishing your credit properly building up that score so that you won't get turned down even if your history is technically immaculate
0: yeah, because you could have an immaculate history and not have anything open and active and mm. you, your credit, you might get denied. Exactly. You, know? you might get it denied. So definitely keep, again, guys, just to recap, you know, you want to keep a minimum of, say, four accounts, mm-hmm. right? You might get by with three, but four, five are, are more ideal. I struggle with the three, four, five. Like, I think it's anywhere in there. It's the sweet spot. So, you know, credit card, car loan, home loan, you're good. If you had a, a student loan, like, you're fine, right? Right that's the minimum if you want to manage eight accounts fine just I'll manage them right
1: also i would recommend that if you're not in like the public sector uh you or you definitely want to uh pay down those student loans as quickly as possible
0: yeah obviously you want to you want to the student loans are not a credit history credit history building tool <laughs> so it's not like a credit card where you, you know you just want to have it to build your history obviously student loans have a a reason why you have them, but yeah, they're they're also debt. You're paying interest on them, so get rid of them as soon as you can. You know that's a whole nother show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but definitely, guys, that's how you would build and maintain a credit history. So mm. uh, we have a couple of announcements, but before we move on to those, any last words, Richard, on um, life after credit repair?
1: Just uh don't get into bad credit again. Just yeah. maintain good credit. Uh, you know, do it right.
0: I tell clients, don't come back please uh we don't want repeat clients but it happens life happens guys you know just my parting words on that is just pay your bills on time all the time so uh so moving on you know we're very excited we've we've, we're wanting to do this project where we take one of you guys that have been listening to our show that may need professional help and and take on your case for free and help you rebuild and repair your credit over the next several months however long it takes um and we'll do it for free as, as long as you guys allow us to document it. We've been announcing it on our previous episodes. Uh, we were supposed to announce the winner at the end of September. It's now October 4th. We've narrowed it down to two very awesome stories that I think would make a great uh, credit repair story. Uh, so we're going to be re-interviewing these two consumers. I've already reached out to them, sent them an email. So check your email. Maybe you got an email from me. That means that we have to talk again. I want to revisit your case um and revisit your story before we make our final decision we are down to two so uh we are hoping to announce the winner next week that would be very cool and then what we're going to be doing is we're literally going to break down the credit report break down the strategy and get to work and then hopefully over the next several months we're able to compare one very low score to one very high score Mm -hmm. that would be really cool um so so, yeah, that's my announcement. Richard, you got one too?
1: Uh, yes. So, for any of you local listeners who want to know more about uh, raising your score or, you know, are looking to possibly get into a home in the near future, uh, we're going to be holding uh, an open house uh, home buyer seminar out in Shafter uh, at the Youth Center. It's going to be myself, uh, Marty Anderson from Signature Home Lending, and Lorena Ayon from Miramar Realty. And we're going to be out there just giving free advice uh, and, uh, Assisting consumers and getting them prepared to buy a home.
0: Very, very cool. So for any of you Kern County listeners, especially those of you out there in the Shafter area, uh, mark your
1: calendars. What's it's October 13th. D- October 13th at what time? Uh, there's going to be one in English and one in Spanish. The Spanish one's going to be at 3 o'clock. The English one's going to be at 5 o'clock.
0: There you go. And where is it going to be at again?
1: The Shafter Youth Center. The well, Shafter
0: Youth Center. So, uh,
1: you'll be able to see the address. Uh, right here. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right guys, that's about it for this week's show. I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. We'll see you guys next time.